Now, see, when I heard the news they were going to be honouring the 100, I thought they meant the cricket tournament. Apparently it got lost in the shuffle. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. What's cricket? (laughs) (laughs) It's like baseball, only better. (laughs) <laughs> and I've now just been gunned down by every American in the house. Hey guys, Dre here. Welcome to episode 324 of Motorsport 101. And I've now seemingly, if that gets kept in, I've angered every American listener we have. Hi! <laughs> How's it going? Um, but, uh, we thought this was a special weekend in motorsport. This was a ridiculous weekend, to say that he's so ridiculous... We thought we'd go back to our 2020 roots and do two episodes for the price of one. This is the first part of a doubleheader, and in this part we'll be talking about some guy winning his 100th Grand Prix, apparently, and um, we'll, we'll also the entire Riverside studio we record on here will be recorded off the back of, of the fans of Lando Norris's tears, um, because it was a chaotic Russian Grand Prix, to say the least. Uh, and and uh, one of my co-hosts, RJ O'Connell, say hi, buddy, is already going through it. I mean, at least it was a good Russian Grand Prix. Objectively good. Not gr- yeah. good grade on the curve, but fun. Russian Grand Prix. Who would have ever imagined? Dare okay. I say it. We, as the human race, witnessed an exciting Grand Prix around the Sachi Autodrome. And we didn't even no. have to do it in the Formula 2 section. No, no. <laughs> Look, you know, you know what this feels like right now already? The first three minutes of this show already feels like that scene in, in the, the episode of Hot Ones with Paul Rudder. It's just like a good Russian Grand Prix. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> hey. Who would have thought? Not, Not me. me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're just marveling. And it's like, we had a good Russia. This season really is a classic. My God! Um, also with me, of course, and uh, we now have we now have a new nickname for him after a uh, a certain purchase was made in our Discord server. Now we get to call him Cameron quote Corvette guy Buckley. <laughs> Say hi, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna take Boomer slander from a guy with a New Balance logo on his shirt. <laughs> Touche, Buckley. Touche. <laughs> and second of all, uh, yes, uh, as of today, September 29th, 2021, um, the birthday of two of my favorite albums, Dirt by Alice in Chains and Core by Stone Temple mm. Pilots, I bought myself a 1996 Collector's Edition Corvette C4. It's it's a very nice Corvette. I will I will say that much. It, it's it's nice. Um, uh, I got on a little bit while we were uh, test driving it. Make sure it uh, <laughs> actually goes up through the rev range. And oh, oh, this thing's got some pep. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, of course, I wasn't able to go see it yesterday because up in New England, the the actual clouds generated by the crying of the Lando Norris fan base had actually come over <laughs> New England and it just poured everywhere. Oh. Um, man, that certainly was a 2021 Russian Grand Prix <laughs> where uh, we certainly had 
a car that wasn't a Mercedes or a Red Bull leading for most of it. Yeah, yeah. Again. The, again. Twice in a row. What a strange it's like, time it's to It's like do what you in. said about Pecco. You, you wait for... What is is it with Woking buses where two of them come along at the same time, but the second one slides off into the corner shop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> RJ's going through it hardcore right now. He's down bad today. My, bra- my bad. brand is not like Lando Norris Superstan. I just thought it would have been cool if they'd won back-to-back races with, with both their drivers. Mm. But we can't even have that. Ryan King, Ryan King, please tell me. Please, I'm begging with you. Sure me, surely you understand how I feel in this moment. Mm, a little bit. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> 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 Well, let him down gently, King. I let him down gently. <laughs> I've got to be the I've got to be the quadrant branded simp of this broadcast. I suppose it's fine. Yeah, it's a fine brand. It's you know we we go cards. Almost as fine a brand as uh, noted Diddler Cup sponsor, food delivery service App to Mouth. You never go <laughs> App to Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the Diddler Cup, and I fell off my fucking chair laughing when that was said. Oh, God. Oh, can, can you restore... Hi, King. Can you restore some order to our, to our two heathens on the other side of the server? <laughs> I, I wish... I wish I knew how. All, <laughs> all I'm gonna uh, say I, is, yes, it was a really good Russian Grand Prix, mainly because of the ending. Yeah, Before, like, like there, there was... Some wheel-to-wheel racing, which is, you know, the bar really couldn't get much lower most years, but this year, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I, 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 Even before the ending, I think you'd be hard-pushed to call that a bad Grand Prix. Oh, yeah, so it, like, it was already better than every other Russian Grand Prix before oh, this easy. one. easy, easy, easy. Yeah, and, mm. uh, and then the end happened. More on that very, very shortly. But uh, yes, as you haven't already guessed, the 2021 Russian Grand Prix, we'll be talking about that race, that ending, that achievement, the carnage that's going on with the top two teams fighting for this championship, and a whole lot more. Um, if you're here for the IndyCar, that'll be the next episode. Look forward to that one as well. Um, Alex Polo will be the will be the main event on that one, because we thought... What's better than one main event? Two main events. One and two episodes. We're not but then the problem is, what's when you have two main events, you have no main events. But no. See, if WrestleMania can go two nights, we can go two nights. So start to be written, so shall can it Can we get some done. fried chicken and waffles? Yes, More we can. in the next episode. But in the meantime, places you can find us real quick. We're on mosport101.com. If you want some more Russian Grand Prix coverage, I wrote a piece over there about that race, about that ending, about all that fun stuff in there. You can check that out in the blog section already. Thanks to everyone for all the feedback. It should scroll a little easier on mobile now as well. Much appreciated. Stick around. More cool stuff on the site coming up very, very soon. Um, 
YouTube.com forward slash motorsport101, Facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. Um, again, if you're not just on YouTube, say hi, all that good stuff. Subscribe, like, all that, thank you, share, all that good stuff. Um, we're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handles are on the screen now if you're watching on YouTube. If not, they're at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at CorvetteGuy917, and at Ryan Eric King. <laughs> um, and you're on Instagram at motorsport101pod. And if you really, really like this, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Five bucks gets you early access to all of our audio episodes. You can upgrade to ten for the video versions and access to the supporters club where you listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded. So, without further ado, let's get into the 2021 Russian Grand Prix. So, the 100th. Guys, I didn't know I would ever see this day, but we got a classic at Sochi of all places. Kind of a weird starting grid to kick off the race with Norris... Signs and Russell, top three in qualifying, <laughs> on slicks on a drying track. Now, for those keeping track, Ru- Lu- George Russell has outqualified Lewis Hamilton twice, and he's not in a Mercedes yet. <laughs> he's in a Williams. Twi- twice in the last three rounds. <laughs> Just a- exuding raw energy in that Williams. Hamilton, P4 in qualifying, despite two spins in Q3. And a quarter of the field at the back for power unit and gearbox-related penalties. Charles Leclerc with Ferrari's new upgraded engine. Bottas, we... Well, Mercedes keeps telling us there were problems. When I see it, I'll let him know. And Verstappen (laughs) taking his required fourth engine penalty. We all remember why. Mm -hmm. Norris held the early lead comfortably. Well, not so much. Carlos Sainz actually jumped him into turn one, and it took most of the first stint for Norris to get back around him. But in Mm. the second half, Hamilton overcut traffic to get up to a net second place and started eating into Norris's lead. With 12 laps left, Hamilton got within about the boundary of DRS of his fellow Brit. And then the rain came with about six laps to go. First spitting, then raining, then pouring. Both Norris and Hamilton ignored calls from their teams to box for enters, but as the rain was about to get heavier, Mercedes issued a team order to Lewis Hamilton to blink first and change onto enters. Lando Norris, well, he was in the lead, gunning for his first race win, and he went for glory. Stayed out, and, well... You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Unfortunately, you still (laughs) miss some of the ones you do. (laughs) And Norris went spinning off out of the lead. His lead already evaporated with Lewis on enters, dropping to seventh after an emergency stop. This left Lewis Hamilton unchallenged at the front to take his 100th. Can we get that again? 100th Grand Prix victory. 100. 100. Triple digits. And with Red Bull... Having a fairly off day strategically, on the ball with this call, Max Verstappen surged up to second in the rain, with Carlos Sainz completing the podium and getting a good haul of points for his his Ferrari team on the podium in third. This This was a race. 
This was a, I said, I said it on Twitter. This was a seven out of ten race with an "Are you fucking kidding me?" out of ten finish. Um, this was ridiculous. Um, we have to talk about that dramatic ending first and foremost. I mean, the the question I posed to you, gentlemen, did Hamilton win that race or did Norris lose it? Mm-hmm. I, I want, I want this one first. Remember <laughs> back in, remember back in Styria when uh, yes. Brad Bender. Was like, yeah. we all agree that, like, hey, if that race is half a lap longer, he coughs up the lead spectacular fashion on the final lap. If it was mm-hmm. two corners longer, mm-hmm. that, 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 he, he could not have been any more on the nose if he tried. Mm-hmm. It's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of things. I hate to say it, because I, I didn't want this to happen. I was hoping, I was praying that the dirty air of Sochi Autodrome, the most scenic, <laughs> desolate parking lot in a Russian coastal town, would be able to hold on. Because we look, look, Lewis Hamilton is going to win these races. He's going to get a haul of points yes. anyway. That's fine. We don't know how many more chances McLaren, Lando Norris, Dana Ricardo are going to have to win a race this season, which has been a very good season by all accounts. It's been great. We don't know how many chances he's going to have left. I was going to say, we've had... We had two races where McLaren were running 1-2. And no team this year has finished 1-2 besides McLaren. Mercedes and Red Bull have failed to do so. The 100th win was inevitable. I'll get to that in a second, but... And Norris lost this race, and that sucks. Because you know what what I'm thinking? I'm I'm thinking this is kind of... He lost the race, but he also needed... A stronger call from his team that's still very much in a rebuilding phase of where they're not where they want to be just yet, but they're already most of the way there, but they're not all the way there just yet. That's what I was going to touch on is the the thing that decided this race between these two is that both of them ignored the call because the rain wasn't there yet. As the rain was about to hit hard, hard enough to go on to Inter's, Mercedes ordered Lewis, it's about to rain, box. And McLaren did not issue that call to Lando. They left it up to him. And a little bit strange when you consider that Ricard, they had put Ricardo on the inters and he was lapping quicker. And everyone was moving. McLaren were just, they, they were a little bit lax in the heat of battle here. Yeah. Though, one of the things that uh, Mercedes have stated after the fact that they said determined on, that determined Mercedes on making that hard call for Lewis to come in was then they had Botas come in for inners before everyone else and mm-hmm. they saw his lap times improving uh, improving compared to the rest of the field and that's what that's what put put it in their mind that that's Lewis what passed but it, it but that should have done the same thing because it it happened I think a lap later when they brought Ricardo when it was after Botas but immediately Ricardo was faster, much mm. faster on inters. It should have had the same effect. And I think McLaren were a little bit too worried about how Lando is feeling and not watching the radar right in front of them. Yeah, because they were, because before the decision needed to be made, like a lap or two prior, they asked Lando about conditions and Lando literally just told them, shut up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is understandable. Look. I I I read, I read I said it in my written piece and I'll say it again here. I I can't blame Lando for for this one per se. I as I meant as RJ alluded to as well. This was 
this was a marginal call, and it was a there true will... team effort to yes. take this race. Yeah, on all front. Am I am I out here saying that Lando Norris has been exposed as a fraud of a driver? No. Am I saying that no. Andrea Seidel and everybody at McLaren should be fired immediately on the spot for what they did to cost their driver the race? No. No, I'm I'm not, I'm not that unhinged. I'm not unhinged like the tweets in the worst tweet bracket. Let's put it out that way. No, it was no. Uh, uh, the the original question: Who did one lose it or did one win it? Equal parts of both, because yeah. at the end of the day, you got to make that marginal call. And mm-hmm. I mean, man, Lando right before the rain really hit, and it was slick out there. The confidence he exuded in that car. He was driving away from Lewis, who is kind of a wet weather racing god. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's one of those marginal calls, and you look like a genius no matter which way you get it, if you get it right. And you look real dumb when you get it wrong, and McLaren were on the wrong side of that. The, the, the analogy I compared it to, and I think King as a fellow United fan can relate to this one, it was West Ham bringing Mark Noble off the bench in the 91st minute just to take a penalty. And knowing that Mark Noble hadn't missed a penalty for West Ham in five years, and then what happens? De Gea makes a miracle save and United win the game. And yeah. you look like an, it's one of those calls where there is no margin for error. There is no quarter for forgiveness. If you get uh-huh. it wrong... You fall on your sword. There is no other way of, of going think, about it. And I think another thing McLaren needed to have looked at is that the the lap that Lewis came in, everyone was coming in. Back markers, yeah. lap cars, everyone. Yeah, it was. Um, the- when they saw... If you see more than two teams making a pit call, it's probably the right call. Yeah. Yes. I, I'd say... The thing is that, especially in changeable conditions, teams have to rely on their drivers a lot because yeah, uh, the one the one thing that, especially for, I say for younger people, to understand that doesn't really translate to like say other sports or even like sim racing or racing video games that. Mm-hmm. In real life, race uh, like rain is not uniform, and you can tell. No. You can especially tell in Sochi, where some parts of the track were getting a lot more rain than other parts. It, it all came down at, at the first. It always it all came down through turn five, like Dre said, and the rest of the track was so dry that you would have killed the inters at least in those first couple laps. And it it was a lot down to just experience in a Grand Prix car in wet conditions to know whether inners were whether the conditions were good for inners or not. And yeah. like as as much as of this year that we ragged on Votas when when the wall suggested the idea of going to inners, Votas knew it was time to go to inners and he was right on the money. Yeah, yeah I mean like you're talking world. about Lando you're talking about Lando Norris with 55 races of experience under his belt compared to Lewis Hamilton. I think he's got about 255 races of experience underneath his belt. But and, and the, like, yeah, but they made. And the thing po- is, though, is that they made the same call. They yeah, made the same did. call, and, and I was gonna, the, go ahead. Mm. I was going to say, King. No, that's the problem as well, in the sense of. 
the, the, the guys on the wall can have all the data in the world, all the weather reports in the world, all the rain in the world. When Sebastian Vettel has his hand outside the car like this, checking how much rain is coming down overhead, yeah. we don't really know shit. Yeah, the only it, person it, that truly knows is the man behind the wheel, and that's the hmm. the problem you will always have. The disconnect yeah, that will always be there. Uh, unless <laughs> you could get one of the crew members out on like a pit bike to ride to every section of the track, you're not going to know what the conditions are like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Vettel was praised for doing that when it, when it happened at Silverstone <laughs> a couple of years ago. I remember that. It was like, oh my god, look how smart Vettel is doing this. And he was panned for that one, and I thought, that's how he works out how intense the rain is. By just sticking a hand out and driving one-handed. And look, he they, they were not the only ones who got it wrong. Vettel himself got it wrong. I heard the team ready. He was, he was due for a top six finish. And then... And then Aston, he was one. Aston he threw was away one. A lot of points. Sup, Lance Stroll? Buddy. Lance was okay. I am. <laughs> I I am in some communities regarded as a Lance Stroll defender. He stank. This was bad. <laughs> yeah. This he, was bad from Lance. Sanitation workers were seen in Aston Martin. They couldn't take that smell. <laughs> yeah. He spun out Sonoda and he almost put Vettel in the wall. And then, like, oh no, he did put he did he. Let's correct that he did put Vettel in the wall. I was trying to wipe out both cars. You should exactly treat yourself. Choose violence, Dre. And and there's (laughs) fucking anyway. The point (laughs) is, is that. Is that as well? On top of that, as well, he he got the radio call saying, "Oh, Lando, well, do you think do you think it's good enough for Inters?" And then he says, "No," and then he spins. Ten seconds later, it was actually quite funny. Um, I, thought, I, I, I was watching that in Scotland, thanks, Zoe, um, and I literally just shouted, "Karma!" When I, when I saw him spin out, um, it, it, we don't know. The only people that truly know how wet, how dry it is, and what call to make. It's the 20 fleshy bits behind the wheel that we're so emotionally connected to. And you can have all the data and information in the world, but those are the guys that are going to make that call. And Lando, maybe through inexperience, maybe through the urge for glory, that first win, the, 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 the magical first win, versus the man going for win number 100 directly behind him. It was... I was saying, you know, in those laps <laughs> leading up to the pouring rain... Norris flipped that switch back on, managed his tires for a little while. He held his nerve. And he was holding Lewis, holding Lewis at about a one, one to one and a half second gap all the time. Good health and equipment willing. Good health and equipment willing. This is not going to be his last time fighting up front for wins. Please don't get this wrong in 2022, McLaren. Oh yeah, and his his move to pass signs for the lead was it was Super fantastic. Magnificent. No, Second no, best this... move of the race. First, of course, being Fernando Alonso out here with those with those <laughs> Get your whole man. <laughs> with those Mario Kart 64 shortcuts. If if anyone here watches um, our old buddy at Quadrant Niren's FNG series, the shithousery award would be going to Fernando Alonso for that turn <laughs> two cut. Mm. My you word. Can't, you can't drop any gravel. Where are you going to put the gravel? It's a fucking stadium parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gamesmanship. Gamesmanship. No, God. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a darn shame. But let's, let's say, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that Lando may have gotten the last call wrong, but he got an awful hell of a lot right to even be in that position, to have that privilege in the first place. He is a superb racing driver. Uh, I say, for a guy his pole position lap. 
His pole position last on Saturday. Yeah, because up until that point, perfectly. up until that point, he was having a 10 out of 10 a weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that was his best weekend in Formula 1, and he's had a few good ones as it is already, and uh, that and, uh, was it, look special. Look at how poorly his race fell apart, and he still got 7th out of it, which, on a normal yeah. weekend, ain't half bad. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. And Daniel Ricciardo, fourth, I mean, again, a great, a great result for him as well, all things considered. No, and if if you have not seen it already, there's a fantastic post race interview clip with Hamilton and Norris literally talking about the situation. Um, and it's like, like, did, did, did you like, Vanda, Did you want to come in? No, me neither. <laughs> Which I thought was one of the most relatable and uh, charming clips I've seen between Hamilton and Norris, and um, it was it was impeccably done. If that might be a passing of the torch in the future, who knows? Um, but uh, yeah. Awesome, awesome flight between those two. And uh, speaking of the torch mm. and where it currently resides, <sighs> guys, one hundred, one hundred, one one hundred Grand Prix wins. We can almost copy paste like all of our previous comments when he broke Michael Schumacher's win record when he tied or the se- the seven championships record Michael Schumacher. But uh, it's all true. It's all. <laughs> Still, very, very true. That's special, man. I I publicly said years ago that I thought Schumacher's 91 was unbreakable. I thought no one would ever touch 91 wins in F1, given he had 40 more than the next nearest man, a good 35-plus when Vettel got passed down and Prost for second. Um, I, I, It's... It, it's it's mystifying. That's his. That was his seventy ninth Grand Prix win for Mercedes. He has seventy nine out, out of Merck's one hundred and twenty wins as a manufacturer in the sport. It, it's it's unfathomable. He already had a Hall of Fame career at McLaren. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's, he's what he's second all time in wins with just his win total at at Mercedes. Seventy nine wins in eight in eight years at Mercedes. He's averaged 10 wins a year at Mercedes since joining them. It's like the old saying about baseball legend Ricky Henderson, where if you split him up into two players, you would have two Hall of Famers. It's kind of like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's like in cricket where Don Bradman averaged 100 in Test Cricket, and it was like he was the only guy ever that you could probably say was two Hall of Famers, because you split him in half, he's still averaging 50, and that would still be... All time great is over a test career if you were averaging fifty in cricket. That's one for you Brits out there. Point is, is that it is mind warping. I mean, that's that's eight more than Senna and Prost had put together. Well, the great the, the the rivalry in F1 that we that we talk about and quote and think about. That's he's got eight more than both of them. Like I think I think I saw a stat the other day that said that if if his career alone. If he was a constructor, he'd be fifth all time. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I, I think sometimes when we go look back at, like, the win rate records about how people in the 50s and 60s had higher win percentages and be like, oh, people would never get back to those levels again. But if you go through the list, like, Lewis is in there with them. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, Lewis he's, third, in, he's third in win percentage. Only I think only Fangio and Clark have got better win percentages than him over their careers. And Lewis has had... 250 plus Grand Prix. Like, yeah. and Schumacher, Schumacher was there until his return, and that undid that all that good work real quick. 
Mean someone else drove a Mercedes worth a damn? Um, <laughs> oh, 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 sorry, Nico. Yeah, pa- I'm yeah, joking. yeah, Pascal Verline. <laughs> of course. Um, <sighs> he has 14 wins less than Williams does, and he's had a further the Grand Prix in half the cars. That's just... It is absolutely mind-numbing stuff. And, you know, I'm glad that it's been universally recognized by a lot of people. I saw Hamilton's Instagram page when the, the 100 came up. And yes, ESPN Sports of... Center did a whole feature on him getting 100 wins. ESPN that doesn't really give a shit about Formula <laughs> One on a, on a grand on a grand scale. Like when when I when I say when I say that Lewis Hamilton is one of those transcendent athletes, and there's not many of them relative to their own sports, I truly mean that because there are people that give a shit about Formula One that would never do so if it wasn't for Lewis Hamilton, and we've seen and that with ESPN, show. yeah, and, and some some pokey Netflix reality TV show. Point is, is that. It, it it's it's mystifying, and there is still this is a down year for him. This was only his fifth win of the season. I was going to say even this weekend was not good. No, that, well, well, for reasons for, they should have taken so much more out of this weekend, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Mm. But yeah, this is and he's been able to scrape a couple of wins. Although at this point, given that they're starting to burn through power units, you have to wonder how high Mercedes is turning that thing up to try and counter the car's deficiencies. Well, uh, I think this uh, may be a good time to jump into uh, Mercedes weekend. Mm. God, because Hamilton tried. He tried. There's an open goal, Max Verstappen, starting at the back anyway. He tried his hardest to throw it away in Q3 with an open goal, second row of the grid. Hey. Broke his front wing, broke his rear wing, was stuck behind Daniel Ricciardo for half the Grand Prix, nearly lost it in the rain, almost got beat by Lando Norris in the dry, still wins. Because But the thing is, though, <laughs> he won this race, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it almost doesn't even matter. Because had the rain not come down, he would have finished second. He actually would have gained more points on his chief title rival. Because yeah. the rain actually hurt uh, this dude. That fi- this dude that finished. Uh, this dude who uh, didn't qualify because he already took an engine penalty at a track where Mercedes has an undefeated streak going back before both world wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, other than a little period in uh, 1943. Also, um, I, I'd like to heavily dispute the records, as in. <laughs> I don't. I don't think customer cars should count towards Mercedes total at the Russian Grand Prix. <laughs> were they were they Mercedes powered? Yes, they were. They were Mercedes bought by just two Russian guys. Oh come then, on! Then that's a customer win. That's a customer. Look, you gotta you gotta take the wins with the losses, and that's a win. If, if I could draw an A4 piece of paper with an asterisk the size of an A4 piece of paper, I would right now. Come but on! Despite all of that, despite the Mercedes winning streak, Ryan Eric King disputed. Despite an engine penalty, which caused Max Verstappen to finish nowhere in qualifying, because he didn't finish a lap and started nope. dead last. Didn't bother. He uh, finished second after a pretty mid-race where Red Bull got him stuck in a DRS train. Did we not have a discussion about, like, how when a big 
big aubergine sits or four cars, starts at the back and charges all the way to the front, that you debate almost whether or not it's that impressive. Uh, I wouldn't get there, but I... The difference is, this time, he was seventh and was going to finish at least sixth or seventh because yeah. Red Bull put him in a DRS train. It was a very strange strategy mm. um, where they had the chance to get him to undercut and get him out of the DRS train and just make him run longer on the tires. They didn't. He was stuck. They timed it to perfection. Max Verstappen is pretty good behind the wheel of a racing car in the rain, and he finished second. Really? <laughs> but oh, yeah. the, the thing is that in the grand scheme of things, in points lost to Verstappen, Mercedes did the best they could and ended up losing, yeah. what, four points. Like, yeah. that, they left four points on the table. The fastest lap point that went to Lando, and the three points that Verstappen got for finishing second instead of third behind Botas. Like, that's the only way that Mercedes could have scored more points this weekend. Yeah, yeah I want to talk about it. But the, then you think... The, the, yeah, sorry, sorry, but the, the rain brought Valtteri, also brought Valtteri Bottas up to fifth because he got the cool spots on to go. I want to talk about my boy Terry Bottas! <laughs> no effort whatsoever goes to a fifth place finish. He was awful. He stank up the joint for all but six laps of that race. But they were the last six laps, and those are what count. Effort is overrated. Always remember <laughs> that, kids. <laughs> uh, so, what, what has happened? I think Red Bull would have bit your arm off for a second place around here. Given, oh, God, yeah. Given the straight line speed of the Mercedes working well here. And they just got an engine in the bank. That's big. And, and Merck's, from all public accounts, do not seem confident about the reliability of their power units going forward. The They've had to push them Valtteri so far to... Yeah. They're pushing the power... Mercedes talked about this pretty openly back in, I think, 2017 um, when they went on their excellent reliability streak is they're kind of... They will not sacrifice reliability unless they see no other way to salvage a championship. And they have. And they are pushing... They're clearly pushing their power units much harder than they were at the start of the year. And... They're just not getting that much out of them. How how much longer can they keep kicking that can down the road with Hamilton's with Hamilton's car? Because surely he's got to take a penalty, power year penalty at some point. Surely, yeah. like because they just had two back to back with Valtteri. Like that is that is alarm bells ringing as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know if this second string of Bottas engine penalties, or power unit penalties, I should say, technically, was a reliability issue, or whether it was they a claimed tactical it was. block on... Like, they claim it was, but they did, did they did they see they Max a lot of things. starting yeah. down the field and forth? Counselor, Counselor Sam was out here on the pit lane channel saying they moved him back to the grid so that he could hold up uh, Matt's for Stappen. And, uh, Matt's that lasted all of about three corners. <laughs> <laughs> Again, yeah, like, effort is overrated. I, like, <laughs> this weekend really put into perspective how much they actually needed to replace Valtteri Bottas. 
Yeah. He still comes away finishing ahead of Sergio. It makes no sense. I say he's now with yeah. with the Mercedes in the constructors. I don't think I don't think Red Bull can win because Perez has been ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag for about four races now. Um, George Russell has scored as many points as Sergio Perez in the last three rounds. In a Williams, sixteen points. In a Williams. I told you all about this at Catalonia that I was concerned about Checo and I was laughed out of the room. Because he won the next race. Of course, it made me look stupid, (laughs) briefly. Look who's come back to roost. The man is now 31 points behind Valtteri Bottas in the championship. 31! The worst thing is, this wasn't even Perez's fault. He had an awful pit stop that dropped him out of a probable second or third place. Yeah. He also hit the wall on entry for his final stop when he put the inters on. Oh, don't do it, David. It didn't even affect the car. Yeah, he he was a very lucky boy. Also, like I said, I got I got some inside info. You got Jamie in the chat saying apparently the new parts they fitted at Monza were faulty on Bottas's car. He actually did quality on an old high mileage engine. Good God, Mercedes! <laughs> like again, uh, I, I, in in the words of Jay Z, we don't believe you. You need more people, and um, because I think they saw an opportunity to, to to block Max, and it just didn't work. And Valtteri is just not good enough to compete at that ultra high level, that which is what Hamilton and Verstappen is at the moment. He could They're have in a def- different league. That wasn't even pace. That was. Not bothering you know to defend. You know what that is? That is a man who was handed in his two weeks' notice and is just yeah. coasting through the rest of these shits. It's your problem, oh, man. Oh, you want this? <laughs> you want this? You want this medium rare? You can have it. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, it's like I'm glad that it wasn't just me or you guys or people that were actually on TV in prominent roles thinking the exact same thing, that that seemed like an intentional block on Max. And like me and Zoe in Scotland, and um, we beat our heads together for a good half hour talking about it. And we thought, this has got to be tactical, surely. There's yeah, no like, other reason you take him out of the top 10. Yeah, like, like I either narrowed it down to being, you know, tactical in the short term or strategic in the long term. One tactical in short term, obviously blocking him on in, during the Russian Grand Prix, uh, or two strategic, making sure that at no point in the future Botas needs to take an engine penalty, so he'll always be up front to to try to counter Verstappen. And, it, and well, they were with they were task to number one yeah. failed horribly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I, I, if they've got more power units in the bank now to have to maybe have Bottas finish P3 for the majority of the rounds of the season, that might be enough for Merck to take the constructors because Perez, you oh, need well to be. step the hell up, buddy. And I think, I think you're right. I think it probably will be. Um, the drivers is another ball game entirely, but hey, in the championship that actually wins you the prize money, I think Merck's might have this one in the bag because Perez is, uh, letting the side down, so to speak, because, uh, as I mentioned before, if Red Bull don't win the Constructors, and they've got a real chance to do that this year, it ain't going to be the Dutchman in the 33 held accountable for it. I hate it like no. this. <laughs> this, this uh, since Malaysia 2012 Sergio Perez fan hates it here. It was, so, it was so good in Baku. Why can't we come back to that? Well, I miss That's, these old days. That is the very strange conundrum of Sergio Perez this year. He started off a little shaky, got better, 
kept getting better, won a race where he was legitimately as fast as Verstappen, mm. looked great at Monaco, and it's been nothing since. Yeah. It's just, it's Shit. not been good. And all this, despite a, an objectively sloppy weekend from Mercedes where they probably shouldn't have won this Grand Prix three or four times over, and they still found the way to finish first and fifth. You gotta be lucky being unlucky. <laughs> Hmm. To, to borrow an American sports term, sometimes it's better to be lucky rather than good. And, uh, yeah, I guess this was one of those days for Mercs. They can't keep getting away with this gif. In, insert that here. No, it's, it's, it's the combination of a Spider-Man meme pointing at each other, Hamilton and Verstappen, both saying, we can't beat this guy! <laughs> we can't beat this guy! Now, someone uh, who was beaten, but did lead this race, is now leading his Ferrari teammate in the Drivers' Championship. Carlos Sainz, everybody. Carlos Sainz is really good at this driving thing. It hasn't always been consistent, because there will still be weekends where he just looks lost compared to Charles Leclerc, who's been there for a while. But I gotta say, Charles Leclerc was nowhere this weekend in comparison Carlos Sainz had a no. had a damn perfect weekend. This is like this is like the old this is like that old Carlos Sainz. I missed the old Carlos Sainz back when he was a Toro Rosso. I, mean, I missed the old do Carlos Sainz. Do you? Do are we yeah. sure we missed those days? I, I miss um, I missed driver of the year, Carlos Sainz. Those were those were good you days, know, weren't they, King? <laughs> I'm gonna go out and say it. He was my driver of the day, and you know why? You know why? Go on. Because he looked great. He looked like he belonged up there. And then Ferrari, in their patented Ferrari way, threw it all into the trash bin with a garbage strategy that got him stuck in a DRS train. Fuck these guys. The more things change, the more they stay the same. You know, you know, it was never a good sign when there was a radio message halfway through the race that they said to Carlos, like, don't worry, Carlos, you're looking good for fifth place here if you keep this up. And then Carlos was like, fifth? (laughs) 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 I was like, I was leading this race. (laughs) I was leading. I was like, fifth? (laughs) It's a bit like me at the Autosport Top 50 last year, which is now lost in the sands of time. Where I was just like, (laughs) twelfth? For Valtteri Bottas? Uh, But, um... It was was like a primal Spanish roar of fifth regarding that, and uh, (laughs) it was... It was mystifying, but yeah, the rain had him claw it back up to third again, and look, I, I... it's 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 hard for Carlos to stand out because this I think as well as it's been a year obviously for Hamilton Verstappen dominance and Red Bull versus Mercedes and one of the best titles we're getting the title had. fight we finally asked for yeah the first time since 2017 2016 the the side dish to the steak the ma- the, the, the solid buttery plate of mashed potatoes next to this prime sirloin of a title fight has been that a lot of the midfield has gotten their flowers in certain ways shapes and forms. You know, we've we've had Esteban Ocon win a race. We've had <sighs> Daniel Ricciardo win a race. Lando <sighs> Norris and Pierre Gasly. Pierre have been Gasly dry- landing yeah. that car sixth place every weekend for a stint. Yeah, like Pierre Gasly, Lando Norris has been driver of the year contenders. Kimi Raikkonen searched his way back into the points in the wet after missing the last two races with COVID. On and his no way out the door. 
Finished eighth, and no one cared because it's George Russell like, held that pig in third place yeah. for the whole yeah. first thing. Yeah, George Russell has fit as a podium on merit that we can't take away from him. Multiple That's right. Okay. On pace alone, on pace alone, buddy. Okay, on merit. Now, Dre. Yes. No. No. <laughs> However, what I can say about George Russell is that. He has scored points on merit in a car that did not deserve it. He put that car P3 on the grid when it did not deserve it. Yeah, it was superb. Even even friggin' Sebastian Vell has had 1.5 podiums, and he's now, because he's now one of the most universally liked drivers in Formula One. Because he stopped winning. You know... (laughs) Because we're dumb sports fans, that's why. Because, Even because, he's had uh, his moments. You know. Because Sebastian Vettel loves the bees. He does. He loves the bees, and he and he loves the gays. We love that. Um, but uh, despite all of that, even Carlos's original first podium this season was overshadowed by Ferrari incompetence because they probably left the win on the table by not checking Charles Leclerc's car. I Everyone else say probably. <laughs> Uh, I would say I would say they didn't. Though, though we do have to point out, we do have to thank Ferrari because that means we don't have to watch Driven. Hey, let's go! (laughs) That is truly a cause worth celebrating. But the point is, I was going to make is that almost everyone in the midfield has had their moment at some point this year. We normally only get two or three of these an entire season in Formula 1. We've had freakish results in the midfield up and down all year long, essentially. And even Carlos Sainz's first big podium moment was overshadowed by Ferrari stupidity at Monaco. So this is the one where Carlos gets his moment, and we all realise, wait, hang on a minute, Carlos is ahead of Charles in the, in the championship, what the fuck? Uh, like, like, and, 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 Beating him it's, handily now. It's not like this is just a, a result of this race. He's been mm. kind of rolling with the punches with Charles pretty much all year. Exactly, and it's 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 not a coincidence. He's He's been able to stay with Charles, and he's been able to cash in his opportunities when they've presented themselves. And they, you can't ask much more of a racing driver than that, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. And what I will yeah, say yes. is, you know, of course, the endless infinite resources of Ferrari aside, of the drivers that have gone to a new team, you know, he hasn't won a race, but damn it, he's looked good. Yeah. He's been matching Charles Leclerc at times, at times over yeah. one lap, which of all the places where I think he'd be able to match Charles, I didn't think he would. Because he's never been a prolific qualifier. He struggled against Verstappen in the past as well, and other drivers. He he's never been a Saturday guy. He's been a Sunday man, and he's been trying to trade punches with Charles in almost every element of the game. And yeah, like we like the this is like the one den, the one hub of Formula One discourse where we shouldn't be that surprised because he won our Driver of the Year award twice. twice. But it's still nice to be smug every once in a while and say, well, and it's, "Yeah, that, that Carlos Sainz better can drive, can't he?" <laughs> it's like, yeah. those, those two in a car that 
I really can't get a read on because one weekend Ferrari looks like they're best of the rest and the next weekend they're midfielders. It's like the Williams mm, where it's... depending on whether your level of love or disdain for George Russell, that Williams is either a car that should be winning every other Grand Prix or it's the <laughs> worst thing since the 90, since the Life L190. It, it, it didn't help when Max Verstappen said on Saturday, yeah, well, George Russell did is impressive, but you've got to understand, that car is a lot better than you think it is. And I'm like, Max, you're not helping. <laughs> I'm not helping, but I can't I can't necessarily dis- disagree. And George Russell is utilizing it to its fullest. Absolutely. And Carlos is doing the same when he's mm-hmm. opportun- in his freakish races. Carlos stands out. And yeah, I'm glad people are now starting to realize the man's had an excellent season because it's, it's, it's been very easy to lose sight of that in this absolutely bananas Formula One year at the moment that Carlos is going. Ferrari's got road. some problems up the road. Cause this guy I say, is a uh, Mr. C. Mr. Seat Warmer is beating the guy who signed to a five-year contract. (laughs) (laughs) But but is that not the most Ferrari thing imaginable to tie a five-year No, the most Ferrari thing imaginable is getting pole at Monaco and having to retire the car because you didn't check both sides of it. Like, wouldn't As it be a the second note, most, the second most Ferrari thing imaginable that they give Charles Leclerc a five-year deal, thinking this is our youngest guy in sixty years, he's the future of our team. Time down for five years, and then the placeholder guy comes along and beats him. Oh, <laughs> motherfuckers! It's just a damn shame about Carlos signs the person. Ah, <laughs> oh, we're gonna go there. I'm, I'm eagerly. I'm eagerly awaiting. No, Dre, no, <laughs> no, no. The souls will go yellow. Don't do it. <laughs> um, that's one for you video fans out there. Check us out on YouTube. <laughs> um, but we would never have a shoey on the air. <laughs> never. Unless Sebastian Vettel wins again. <laughs> put King, put that in writing. <laughs> I, mean, I want that in trip. I want that in triplicate. It's gonna it's it's gonna be forever in video and audio. So you heard yeah, it. Yeah, but it doesn't us. have the same feel as if it's on paper. It'll go in the quote section of the Discord, I'm sure. Personally, um, I'm just looking forward to when Mick Schupacher and Nikita Maspin have to roll up at the next Grand Prix wearing a "We are going to get along" joint T-shirt. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't even what go there. There's but... something wrong in between that that team. There's something yeah. really, really wrong. And Bloody it's not Bloody what Bloody. we all knew. We, we, we can make our own podcast about that in the future, but my God. Um, yeah, if you haven't already, go out of your way to watch this race. This was an excellent, excellent Russian We're Grand Prix. We're going out of our way to recommend the Russian Grand Prix at Sochi. We don't even need to go to Agora Drive. Oh, we don't even need the regulations, which, gosh, if this set of regulations was this good ever since they started it... There wouldn't be no need to change it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how these things. That the year that the year that wasn't meant to happen is the year that's producing one of the best F one seasons in modern history. That's Here what people said about two thousand eight. <laughs> Thanks. Who needs coronavirus? Yeah. Thanks, Timo Glock. Thanks, thanks everybody. But yes, stick around um, next time because on episode three twenty five in the second part of this doubleheader, we'll be talking about IndyCar at Long Beach, the season finale, and fried chicken. Lots and lots of fried chicken, including some waffles and a limo. Trust me, 
come back and I get to explain why. Oh, McLaren's going to do well in that one, right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) until then, places you can find us one more time, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101 or on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101, Twitter, the username's on the screen, at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connor, at Ryan Eric King, at CBuckley917, and our, of course our own page at Motorsport underscore 101, Motorsport 101 Pod on Instagram, and on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We'll be back very shortly in real time, but hopefully not too long for you guys as well, for IndyCar at Long Beach. Until then, I've been Dre Harrison, RJ O'Connor, Ryan Eric King, and a passed out Cam Buckley. Until next time, sayonara! Later, y'all! Bye. Man, I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord.